Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. So glad you're here. Those of you watching online, especially a little special lady to me, Hadley. Love you, baby, Anna, for watching today. We're glad you're with us. I want to ask all of you to stand with me if you would. Hold your Bibles up really high, cup your hand, whatever you want to do. If you're uncomfortable and you didn't use deodorant this morning, just keep them down. It's all good. <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, y'all look beautiful this morning. Uh, I don't care what your spouse said. I think you look great. We're so glad that you're here. Every day we get to choose how we live. We get to choose how we uh, approach life. Every day is a choice. And some days a little tougher than others. You know, some days there are people that are sent into your life just to test your faith, to test your joy. And, you know, every now and then there's that slippage and our, our flesh just goes off. But, you know, every day's a new day. And, and sometimes we, we live too often in our past and we miss our future. We miss today. And I want to encourage you to, to live today. You know, there are things that happened yesterday you may not be excited about. One of which is you can't dance like Justin Timberlake. Some of y'all have no clue what I just said. Who's that? And I I know, and you live in a cave. (laughs) And uh, so anyway, last night, so many people there, and and, I love our city, and I love music, and I love people having fun, and you know, but uh, there are so many things that hold us back, and we want to let go of those things so that we can live a joyful life every day. And uh, I do know that's a challenge sometimes. Some of you are facing situations and you're not, you haven't figured out how you're going to get through it yet. But I, I've got a good word for you that God's going to be right there with you. He said, never leave you, never forsake you. And uh, you're going to make it on the other side. I, I guarantee you, you are. And so I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 7, if you would, please. And Paul's going through a battle personally with himself. And, and how many of you know that it's in, in our lives, if we're really honest, it's not other people that create our problems. It's, it's ourselves. If, if somebody comes up to you and says something mean to you, you get to choose whether you believe what they said or not. You know, if somebody says something mean about me, I just look and say, you haven't talked to my father, have you? Because he thinks I'm awesome. My God just thinks I'm the greatest thing, and he thinks you're the greatest thing. So quit listening to everybody else's opinion and read the Bible. God has an opinion about you, and he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's not another person made just like you. That's how special you are. And so I want to challenge us every day to quit looking around and and listening to everything that's being said about us or about our world. You know, it it really doesn't matter. I mean, I I love the fact that uh, there are challenges in life. It sharpens us. We can become better people by the challenges we face. Instead of getting mad at everybody else, just realize if somebody comes crossways with you, they're just there to make you better and sharpen you. Don't hate them. Don't get mad at them. Love them because love never fails. And so I want to challenge us 
to really take a stronger look at life every day. And it takes every morning that you get up, you have to acknowledge before you put your feet on the ground, Jesus, your Lord. And, and God, there's not going to be anything that, that comes against me today that's bigger than you. Now, when I say this, I have to do this every day too. And, and I wish I could say that I, I'm, I'm scoring 100%. I'm not. But, but you know, every day I desire to. And I just refuse to let others and other circumstances uh, ruin my life or my day. Uh, you just can't do it. We just have to stay happy and glad that this is the day he's made. And as we were singing that last song, he said, You enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If you're having a tough day, just look to heaven. And, you know, don't do this at a stoplight because people think you're texting. <laughs> Say, I, God, I'm so thankful today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I don't know how to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's all you got to say. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. I'm telling you, everything will start changing in your world. And uh, it's, it's so important. It really is. And if, if your life's not going well, your day's not going well, don't look to somebody else or anything else or stuff or circumstances or things. You change those circumstances. You change those things by being grateful to God and being thankful for who He is and what He does. It's so important. And, and so I tell you, your life's going to change. It's getting ready to get better and better because the Bible says we're going from glory to glory. Not from mess to mess, from glory to glory. Now, there'll be messes along the way, but the glory of God will sweep them out of the way. All right. In Romans chapter 7, Paul said this. He said, I know that God's standards are spiritual, but I have a corrupt nature. Paul saying, let me acknowledge I realize who I am, but I realize more importantly who God is. And he says, sold as a slave to sin. I don't realize what I'm doing. I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I, I do what I hate. I don't do what I want to do, but I agree that God's standards are good. So I'm no longer the one who is doing the things I hate, uh, but sin that lives in me is doing them. In other words, Paul's saying the sin that's in me is not who I am, but it's a part of who I am, and it's having influence on my life. And a lot of times people refuse to acknowledge the flaws in their lives, the weaknesses, for fear that somebody will take advantage of those things or uh, abuse them in that area. But the reality is we all have the residue of original sin in our lives and we all do wrong and the challenge is that we oftentimes focus on that which we've done wrong instead of the God who has done good and so Paul is battling his flesh here he says I know that nothing good lives in me that is nothing good lives in my corrupt nature he addresses it here saying it lives in me but not my corrupt nature nothing good is in that corrupt nature although I have the desire to do what is right I, I don't do it I don't do the good I want to do. Instead, I do the evil that I don't want to do. Now, when I do what I don't want to do, I'm no longer the one who is doing it. Sin that lives in me is doing it. You would think Paul was on meth here. I mean, the confusion that, that seems to be going on. And this is one of the super apostles, one of the greatest apostles of all time and he's having this struggle within him the reason I say this is sometimes we escalate and elevate uh, elevate uh, biblical characters like they never had really any issues they always seem to overcome they're just like us they overcame by fighting through the battles acknowledging their weaknesses and their flaws and saying I, I know that, that that God is good why am I not doing what I should do he says so I have discovered this truth Evil is present with me even when I want to do what God's standards say is good. 
I take pleasure in God's standards in my inner being. However, I see a different standard at work throughout my body. It is at war with the standards my mind sets and tries to take me captive to the sin standards which still exist throughout my body. What a miserable person I am. Who will rescue me from my dying body? I thank God that our Lord Jesus Christ rescues me. So I am obedient to God's standards with my mind, but I am obedient to sin standards with my corrupt nature. In other words, Paul's saying these will always coexist. Uh, there will never be a time in our lives when, when the corrupt nature and God's standards do not coexist. They always will. That's why getting up every morning and just saying, thank you, Jesus. This is the day you've made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. it it's, it's elevating God's standard in the morning. If you're struggling throughout the day, elevate God's standard throughout the day. If you're having a tough time at work, just go to the restroom. And if there's somebody in the stall next to you, be a blessing to them. Say, thank you, Lord. Just thank you, Jesus. And they, they will get out real quick. Or you'll hear a hallelujah in the next stall. <laughs> Find a place to give glory to God. Find a moment. Find time. You know, it's just such a battle when you, you read the news and you drive to work and there's so much going on in the world around us. That's not what's really important. What's really important is what's going on with God in us. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? If we lift him up, he'll lift us up. If we give thanks to him and we praise him, he said, I will inhabit that praise. I will come and visit with you. I'll be with you. And so it's so easy to feel like we're a victim of something. You know, I, I didn't grow up at the right time, in the right place, in the right family. If my mom or my dad would have done this or my teacher would have said that, we're always looking for somebody else to make our life great. And there's only one who can truly make it great. His name is Jesus. And when we exalt Jesus, the greatness of heaven begins to flow in our lives. This is not rocket science, people. You don't have to have a, have a high IQ to live a great life. You don't have to be the best to find rest. All you got to do is put yourself in the presence of God in the shadow of the Most High. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper unless you subject yourself to that weapon. Say, weapon, you're not going to prosper in my life. I'm not giving way to the, the negative and the, the, the difficulty. I'm raising God up. This is a short time in life. It's a short time. In light of eternity, you could live to be 100. That doesn't care, compare to what eternity is going to be like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I hope to live to be 100 just to stay happy and irritate everybody who hates me. And, you know, I'm just going to go to their hospital bedside and love on them. Happy. And maybe they'll get happy. You know, it's, it's, life's too short. To, to live, live bitter and angry and hostile toward people. It's just too short. The Bible says, bless those who persecute you, not bless those who bless you. That's easy. He said, but go around blessing people who persecute you. If somebody's being mean to you at work, just go into office tomorrow and go, bless you. It'll really irritate them for the first five or six days. And over time, they might actually grow to like you because you're not mean to them. See, pe mean people... They're just hurting people, and hurting people hurt people. They're not bad people. There's no such thing as a bad person on earth. God created everybody in his image and his likeness. And, and, and now they may act bad, but they're not bad people. 
And so we have to remember that or we'll personalize everything. And so Paul's having this battle. And, and, and so on today's message is breakthroughs are in the house. I talk about creating a heart for God's house. Why is being in God's house so important? Some of you are already happier in just a few minutes that you've been here than you've been all week because you're in the house of God. And in the house of God, in the presence of God, things are changed. And, and some of you may even watching online, you may be irritated and arguing with me right now, saying he doesn't know what I'm going through. You're right, but it's not important that I know what you're going through. It's important that God knows what you're going through, and he knows every detail of what you're going through. I'm going to preach you happy or preach you even more angry, but there will be no neutrality in this message. You know, because I, 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 I was one of those who used to listen to guys like me, and, and I kept listening to them, and and I, I would talk back in my mind, you know. You don't get it. You don't understand. You know. I kept listening. And when I went, I want what he's got. I want what she's got. I want to be happy. I don't know. I've never met anyone yet. So my goal in life is to become less and less happy. Until the end of my life, I am going to win first place for being the least happy person on earth. I've never known anyone that that was their wish or pursuit. We all want to be around people who are positive and happy. So you know what? If there's no one in your circle that's positive or happy, why don't you start it? Most of the time we live our lives to get other people's approval, have their opinion of us be what we want it to be. You know, in, in some people's minds, you'll always be a certain way. And, and you may never change their mind about you. And that's not really what's important. It's you keeping your mind right about who you know you are. That's what's really going to keep you happy and peace. There are people who, you know, when you stand up and preach every week, there are always people who don't like you. And some of them attend church more regularly than the people who do like me. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly if that's demonic or it's just human nature. <laughs> but you can see it, you know. And I, I have to stand up every week and I have to preach happy. And then during the week, believe it or not, we get some emails that, that don't bless you or me or anybody. They don't even bless the Father. And, and we get those. And every now and then I'll get a call or from Suli and our, 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 uh, our, our staff everything. That's what I call her. What, what, who is Suli? What's her title? She's Mosaic Everything. And if you ever see Suli out in the lobby, just love on her because she's about one of the finest people you'll ever meet. And she filters all of those, and she's so sweet. Every now and then, she, I'll find out we got a nasty call. She said, well, Pastor, I just, didn't, I just didn't want you to get hurt. And I think, you're sweet. But it'd be nice to know next time I see those people how they feel about me. <laughs> she protects me as much as she can with a good conscience, and she knows I need to know some of those things. And, you know, you say, well, how do you feel about that? Because I've been doing this a long time. And, man, I, I have been called names that I'm not even sure the worst sinner could come up with. I thought, where did, where did you get that word? I've never heard that before. That's fabulous for hell. So breakthroughs begin when we learn to hate what God hates. This is very important. You know, in the world in which we live today, I, I, I'm always so grieved at how uh, really educated people can speak so poorly of other people. We get crossways when somebody is politically different than us. We get crossways when somebody doesn't believe the way we believe. And, you know, 
I never want to. I never want to divide the church. To me, if somebody's preaching Jesus, I don't care if they lift their hands, don't lift their hands. Whether they have music in church or they don't have music in church, the reality is we're called to love each other, not talk about our differences, but to talk about God and elevate God and to encourage one another and bless people who are different. If we could just achieve that, the world would be a better place. It's, it's, it's not, I don't have to agree with somebody to love that somebody. You don't have to agree with somebody. You don't even have to understand. You just have to love them. So, but but, but they're, they're just no good. Well, neither are you. And neither am I. All of us need Jesus. Not one of us good, Paul said. Not even one of us is good. I just embrace that scripture and go, bless God, I'm in great company being on this earth. Because none of us are good, except by God. And if we can embrace that, we'll hate the right things. The challenge in our world today is when we begin to hate something, it will lead us to hate the someone who's connected to the something that we hate. And it's just not acceptable, according to the Word of God. It is not acceptable to hate anyone. Because if we do, the love of God is not truly in us. So it's so important if you want to have a breakthrough in life. And 2019 is going to be your year. You say, well, do I need to plan better? Do I need to uh, make my goals clearer? Do I need to make better resolutions? No, you don't. You don't have to do better at any of those things. I promise you, if you got up every day and you walked in love and you said, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit, God, show me today what you want me to do to become the person you want me to become. I can assure you 2019 will be the best year you ever had in your life. But we have to hate what God hates. Psalm 97.10 says, Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. By simply loving the Lord, those who love the Lord hate evil. Hate evil. What is evil? Evil is when anybody, good or bad, is mistreated in any way. That's evil. You know, Christians, true Christians like if I look at the life of Jesus, Jesus was not only the Son of God, but He was the perfect Son of God. He lived 33 years on earth and never sinned. If anybody had a right to look at the world around Him, it was Jesus and say, you're done. Father, smite them. That's how come I couldn't have been Jesus. I'd have been calling down fire, asphalt, anything I could call down. It's like, how dare you? I haven't done one thing to you. I'm right, you're wrong. And because I'm right and you're wrong, I want you to be smited. I'm not sure that's a word, but we're going to go there today. And if you're an English teacher, don't even bother. I've had a lot of English, English teachers. They've tried. It just hasn't worked. This is going to be me the rest of my life. So, what I'm saying is, there are times that you are absolutely 110% right. There's no way around it. But how important is that compared to the relationship that you're going to have? Many marriages dissolve because of this one issue. They both want the same thing and neither one of them is willing to give it. I want to be right. The idea in that relationship is to make right. It's that simple. There will always be people that watch me online and watch after I've preached and I say things I know that I, I probably shouldn't say. 
but me and God are okay with it. I'm not sure anybody else is. I'm not even sure if I was sitting where you're sitting, I'd be all right with it. But, you know, I feel okay. And, and you know, I, I think God looks, and every now and then, Jesus looks at, at the Father seated at his right hand. And he, looks, he looks at the Father and goes, that's why I died. It's okay, Father. I'm interceding for Mark today. That's, that's why I died. Don't smite him. We're so quick to judge people and so easily offended that it robs us of the peace and joy in our lives that we're called to possess as we walk by the Spirit of God. If, if somebody said, what's your number one goal in life in 2019? To love everybody the way Jesus loves me. That would be my number one goal. Number two, would to never be angry again in my life. I live so much of my life angry or on the edge of anger and I hate it because the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God and I know that and yet I don't know whether it's a blood type you know I, I, I think maybe you know who knows what it is I mean is type O worse than type A or is it type A and B or is it O negative or O positive. I don't know. I mean, what is it? I mean, why do some people have that tendency? Why are some people so outwardly nice but inwardly angry? We all have to address all these things in our lives, and I, I want to hate what God hates. I want to hate what God hates. More than anything, God hates hate. <laughs> Does that make sense? Again, I'm not really sure that... that that's accurate way to put it, but I think God hates hate. If you're going to hate anything, hate, hate. Hate, 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 hate. If I hate unforgiveness, guess what? It's likely that I'll be a forgiver. If I hate injustice, I will grow to love justice. If I hate meanness, I'll be a person that wants to be kind. If I hate bitterness, I will love sweetness and kindness. And you say, but I've seen this before, and people who are kind and sweet get run over well God has a way of taking care of people who've been run over you don't have to God will raise you up every time you get run over you'll be that kind of person that every time somebody runs over and you continue to be nice they'll quit becoming they'll quit being steamrollers yeah I, that's how I always felt if I'm too nice people take advantage of me they'll take advantage of you even if you're mean that's just who they are You'll feel momentary. How many of you know your flesh feels really good when you get back at somebody? So nice. And, and you know, you got, a, you got a few hours there. You got a few hours to really enjoy it. And then you lay your head down on the pillow at night. Satan comes to say, really? Is that how Jesus would act? And then, G, and then the devil pulls the WWJD card. He knows how to play it. He holds it. It's his wild card. And he'll throw it right on your pillow at night. And you'll lay there and go, I know I shouldn't have said that. But your flesh, for about the last four to six hours, you, you feel like a, a hero. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, There are six things the Lord, the Lord hates. And this is really important because uh, I was preaching a, a similar sermon to this one time. And I, I was talking about hate. 
and, and a, 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 I think a well-meaning mother came up to me and said, we don't use that word in our home. I said, maybe you ought to start. There are things you need to hate. And it says seven things are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies. That one right there is huge. Now, if I was God, I'd have put that one first. But maybe he wanted to put it last as the grand finale. But then he says, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. God hates that. When you lie about somebody and you say, but, but that's my opinion. It's, you're right. It's your opinion. Shut up. In the name of Jesus Christ. God hates people who stir up dissension. I don't like it when I just read that. And a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Amos 5.21, I hate, despise your religious feasts. God says, I don't want any religion. And you're, I cannot stand your assemblies. In other words, God doesn't like religion. He wants celebration. He wants people to come in and celebrate. And, uh, and then Malachi 2, and I can vouch for that. I hate divorce. I, I understand why. And uh, he says, uh, love must be sincere. Hate uh, what is evil. Cling to what is good. Uh, it, it's just the Bible's full of it. And uh, <laughs> we must hate what prevents us from getting to our destiny. You know, there's nobody that can keep me from my destiny except me. None of you. Nobody. Anything that's happened in my life, I cannot blame on anybody. If I don't arrive at the place I'm supposed to arrive, it's nobody's fault but my own. And so I have to hate what prevents me from getting there. Not who. What. What. And what would keep me from getting there? Listening to somebody else's opinion. Mark Crow should never preach again. And there are many people who think that, or at least some, because I've heard those stories. And I think, well, you know, I, I could agree with you in the flesh because I would agree with you. But if the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, I can't agree with you. So I, ha I have to hate the thought, not the person, that I could never preach again. And, and I had words like, well, you know, you disqualified yourself. My response was, you can't disqualify somebody who's never been qualified. And I have never been qualified to preach in my life. You say, but you've been gifted. There's a difference. I didn't qualify me. The cross of Christ did. The cross of Christ qualified you. Nobody else did. And so we listen to the wrong voices, and as a result, we make the wrong choices. So it's very, very important that you learn what you need to hate so that you can stand for what you need to do. Secondly, breakthrough happens because of what and who we honor. And boy, this is a big, because this society honors no one. And I'm going to tell you all something. I don't care, and I want you to listen to this, and I've preached this for years. We are called to honor people that God has put in positions of authority. I've watched, I've watched from going back as far as Reagan to Trump. And, and let me just tell you something. You pray for your leaders. You honor them. It doesn't mean you like them. It means you honor them. And, and it's, this is so absolutely important. God addressed this with me with Bill Clinton. And, uh, you know, he was one of the most eloquent speakers we ever had. And, and you know, and some of you will misunderstand what I'm saying, but just go with me here. 
And one night I had a dream because at first I, I really thought the way I shouldn't have thought of, of the Clintons. And, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree, and you can make this political, but it, it, it brings the point home. And one night I had a dream that, that Bill came to my house. He said, Hillary and I just thought we'd come and see you. I miss Bill so much. I do. And so in the dream, they were coming to my house, and God spoke to me. He said, if they came to your house, you have too much hate in your heart to help. And he showed me this vision. He said, you need to realize they may never, you may never meet them or see them. But I want you to understand that if you did and you felt then the way you feel now, you could not help them. You must love them at all times so that if at any time you encounter them, my love would be authentic. I know we all get passionate about politics and religion. I just mixed them both up and we're all still very happy. It's a gift. For a moment. <laughs> but I, I say that because I know it's thin ice and, and, and we, we're all so passionate about things and we all have our own opinions about things. And, and you know, there, some of your opinions may be accurate, but that's not the point. The Bible calls us to honor those in authority. And, and that would include down to your boss who treats you like a dog or you may be an idiot. Didn't say you have to like him or accept uh, that ill treatment. If you can't get over it, leave because that's a position of authority. And I hear people all the time say, my boss is an idiot, I work for the man. That is so disrespectful. Why would you ever get promoted? Why would God ever move you anywhere? If you can't honor them, all you're doing is setting yourself up to be dishonored because whatever you sow, you reap. So if you got promoted, you'd have the same strife and dissension between your employees that you do with your employer. God cannot promote us until we honor those over us I had a professor in college that I despised. I almost said hate, and it was close. And he was the final person that I would, to, for me to graduate college, I had to go through him. My final thesis would be read by him. And you have, I was so conflicted because I knew how I felt about him. And God said, you need to become his friend. acid reflux on steroids <laughs> and he was a professor and he wasn't he didn't make that much money and he was building a house and he was really one of these guys that just enjoyed working with his hands he was in the classroom all the time and God said I want you to go out and help him I want you to move wood I want you to move whatever you can do and I went out and began helping a man that I despised and the more I helped him the more I loved him it's kind of weird how that works in Ephesians 6.1, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well for you and you'll live a long life. Isn't it strange that honor is the very first commandment that comes with a promise? Honor your father and mother. We say, well, that, that doesn't apply anymore. That's antiquated. And besides, my mom's an idiot. My dad's a knucklehead. I can't help it if they are. The Bible says honor them. It doesn't say you have to like who they are. It says you have to honor who they are. Thank all three of you. 
And those of us who are moms and dads, yeah, come on, Jesus. I want it to go well for me. Uh, my mother's got dementia, and she hasn't known me in five years. My dad passed away. I have an older brother and a younger brother. And, and I'm just letting you into my family. And my mom and dad were so fair. It was ridiculous. It was terrible, actually. I loved them to death. But, boy, I'm telling you, they were fair down to the nickel. And so when we did their trust, um, their uh, irrevocable trust, it would like a last will and testament. But if you don't, if you have a will, go get a trust. And anyway, so... Uh, they made it very clear that my three brothers and I, if there was anything left, and we were not wealthy by any stretch, there was not enough money worth arguing over, but they made sure it was a third, a third, third. So when we sold my dad's house, I, I was going through a very difficult time, and I was actually living in Africa. And, uh, and so my brother called me one day, and, and he, said, uh, he said, you know, we sold dad's house, mom's house, and mom had moved into a nursing home and uh, a memory unit. And he said, uh, you know, you really haven't done as much as, as us. And I don't want to do this to disparage my brother because I love him. And he's it, it just, it was a moment that we both went through. And I'm sure he's not proud of that moment. And I know he isn't because we've resolved it. And I love him very, very much. But it was one of those tense moments where you, you find yourself going, well. And, and, and when he said, would you, ta- you, gonna, would you mind take, taking less than than your older brother and myself? And I said, you know what, whatever. If you can sleep at night, I'm good. I said, do whatever you need to do. And we didn't fight over it, nothing. But he later would come and apologize to me. Well, now my mother's alive, and there's some things left to sort out when she passes. And I met with my brothers a week ago, and I told them these words. I said, Mom would never know how we handle what's left. I said, but it's not important what she knows. It's important what we know. And I said, the trust says we split it three ways. I don't care what you've done or what you haven't done. And it wasn't about me. It was about some other issues. And I said, let's honor mom and dad even in their death. And, and I said, because this is what they would have wanted and this is what we want to do. And you said, well, that may not be fair. It may be inaccurate to dole out those finances that way. But see, we oftentimes allow our feelings and our thoughts to dictate and determine how we dispense things. When in reality, we're called to honor and I decided, and God really, really dressed me with that issue. My brothers agreed. I said, so you know what? It doesn't matter who's done more or less because I've been taking care a second of my mother, and my dad's been gone for about four or five years. And So in essence, I, for the last four or five years, have done more than my little brother. But that's not what's important, you see. I should do that anyway. And then I honor my mother and father's wishes. And so remember, honor is very, very important. The other thing, we not only honor people, we honor the Lord. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops. You realize every time we receive an offering in this house that you're honoring God with your wealth. That's what it says, honor the Lord. A lot of people look at giving as to whether the church needs it to operate. And certainly as the founder of this church, I, I know every week what we get, what we need. I got a budget. I know down to, to the pretty nth degree what it's going to take us to work. But the reality is, and I could tell you all of those needs, and some of you would be very sweet and kind, and, and you would give based on the needs that we have. I would much prefer that you give to honor the Father that we serve because that's what he said to do. Honor him. It dishonors God. Let's put it this way. It dishonors God when we withhold our wealth. It dishonors him. Now, I don't know about you, but I, maybe I've gotten older and I've just realized how important it is to honor my God to honor my father, to honor my savior. 
even if it hurts, and I'm going to tell you, it hurts almost every day. <laughs> no, because I live in this world. I'm like Paul. I have this flesh. I have this corrupt nature. And there's a part of me that says, I'll get you back. You pull out in front of me, and I'm going to honk. And then you're going to point at me and say, you're number one. And we're going to start from there. And, you know, it's just that corrupt nature feeds corrupt nature and feeds corrupt nature. Somebody has to stop it. It might as well be us or you or me. We're looking for somebody else to do right. And why don't we do right? Yeah, there are people who are stupid drivers. We cannot figure out to this day how they got their license. I mean, the relative had to work at the DMV. Lastly, your breakthrough is sustained by what you hold on to. Don't hold on to anything that would prevent you from getting to your destiny. Hate what God hates. Honor those that are in authority that God's put in your life. And last, hold on to truth. Honor is revealed by what we do with what we are given. If I want, you, if I want what you have, I show dishonor toward what God has given me. If I look at somebody else and say, instead of looking and saying, God, thank you for whatever you've given me. Maybe it's not as much as somebody else. Maybe I'm not as gifted as somebody else. I don't have as much stuff as somebody else and, 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 and all of those things. But if I look and say, God, I want to honor you with whatever you've given me. I'm going to do the best I can with what you've given me. And I am so thankful for this church. I, I, could, I could look at a lot of things and say, God, this wasn't fair, that wasn't fair. The reality is, I live today. You can't unscramble eggs. Yesterday is yesterday. It's gone. It's over. Today's the day Jesus has made. And if we'll rejoice and be glad in it, I promise you if we'll honor God by honoring the things he's done for us and given to us. And, and, and you know, it's just amazing what God will do with the seeds of love and kindness and obedience that we sow into him. And let me tell you all something. I'm a type A personality. I, I, you know, if, if a type A can pull off even a little bit what I'm talking about today, the rest of y'all are like awesome. Because some of y'all are just so, you're born so sweet. You've never raised your voice. You've never demonstrated anger toward anyone. Joel Osteen's your cousin. Victoria and I love you. I love Joel. I've known him since he was a kid, uh, working behind the scenes for his daddy. And I'm going to tell you, I will say it, give him props. I've known him in front of the cameras and behind him, and he is one fine human being. You may not like him. I like him. I'm just going to stand up and say, I like Joel. I listen to him almost every day while I'm working out. Thank God for a guy who stands up, and, and he's genuinely nice. It irritates me some mornings when I'm hearing him preach. I do. I work out, and I go, Joel, you don't understand. Listen to people who encourage you, that feed the God standard in your life instead of the corrupt nature. Listen to those people. Be around those people. If, that, if that's pulling on your corrupt nature, you, you might want to think about friendship. The Bible says, walk with the wise and you'll grow wise, but a companion of fools comes to ruin. Don't hold on to things that hold you back. Don't hold on to things that hold you back. This church will only move forward 
every day as I let go of everything in my past and everything that would hurt me, everything that has hurt me. We've all been hurt. Everyone in here has hurt, been hurt. And, and, you know, I'd love to say I'm so sorry, but Jesus said, you don't have to be sorry. I've empowered you to overcome the pain. We are empowered to overcome the hurt and the pain. Change is within us, not around us. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, thank you. We're going to hate what you hate. We're going to honor those that you honor. and We're going to hold on to things that make us better. With heads bowed and eyes closed, those of you who have been looking to live a better life and trying to find a way to navigate this world filled with all kinds of corrupt nature that we all possess. You say, man, I just, I just want, I want to wake up every day with a positive outlook on life. Some people don't like the word positive, but man, when I think about the cross and the empty tomb and the, the ascended Christ seated at the right hand of God, everything's going to be all right. And if I pass from this life to the next, it's even going to be better. This world cannot compare to the world that we will enter as we know Jesus. I've never spoken with one person face to face that said my desire is to go to hell. Nobody wants to. They just don't realize they can go to heaven. And so they bow their knee to what they feel to be their ultimate destiny that was assigned to them because God could not love someone like them. But God loves you. God loves you. God wants you to be free from the weights of this world and the sin that entangles. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. All of you watching online and all of you in here, there will be those that need our support. So you say, but I'm born again. Well, you know what? I get born again every Sunday twice. Again, again, and again. So I pray this prayer with everyone who needs someone to stand with them. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today, I choose to live for you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today, you are my Savior and my friend. Amen.